Ranching Side Hustle, Episode 6. Today's podcast is brought to you by Douglas Plant Health to unharness your soul's fertility. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. U.S. farmers, largely organic, have increased yield with the help of SP1 Classic. As fertilizer costs soar and supply chain challenges loom, DPH Biologicals is expanding access to this trusted biofertilizer to the conventional acre. With Terra Trove SP1 Classic, the complete biofertilizer, growers can replace up to 50% of starter fertilizer. Visit dphbio.com to reclaim soil fertility. All right, everybody, welcome back to this episode of the Ranching Side Hustle podcast. It's been a while since I've been able to say that, a series within the Ag State of Mind podcast. With you, as always, is me, your host, Jason Meadows, and joining me, uh, it's been a while, uh, is my buddy and co-host on this podcast, Tyler Keckley. Tyler, what is up, my friend? Man, we have been, I think we've tried, what, like three times? Yeah to schedule this maybe more mm-hmm. than that and um i'm super glad we got to got got tonight to yeah, work out so me too it's uh yeah I, I i've heard lots of good feedback with this podcast uh, or with this series of this podcast um it's i think it's something that's very important and it's something that i i think so many people can relate to and i you know, we, we see these, and I think social media has made it worse into where we see these big ranches out in the West and, you know, they're running multiple thousand heads and, you know, a hundred thousand, uh, head feedlots in Colorado and that thing and think, man, what are we doing wrong? But I think whenever we bring this kind of conversation to the table, uh, we're letting people know that, Hey, it's all right to run a few, just run a few cows. And it doesn't make you any less of a farmer or rancher, uh, because all operation, all, all sizes and, um, shapes are needed in this industry to make it, make it work. Raw cogs in the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. No, no matter how big or small we all have a part. So yeah. it's been, it's been, uh, yeah, I've, 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 I've actually, a couple of people have mentioned it to me, which I was pleasantly surprised about. Um, and, uh, it, it kind of, they reiterated the same thing you just said, Jason, that it doesn't matter if you have a couple head out back or want to have a couple head out back or you're running hundreds of cows or stalkers or um it doesn't really it, it doesn't matter the size for us and especially i think our perspective on it the size it doesn't have to dictate your position um from a oh what's a good word for it like your identity yeah. the size the number of cows you run is not your identity in the validity industry. i think maybe 
Yeah. 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 I mean, you're no less valid. Yeah. And I think it's really important because, um, you know, how many of, and we've, we've, we've talked about this a lot. How many businesses got started as something that was a side hustle? You know, I mean, probably most of them. And I don't know if we've talked about it on, I know I've talked about it on another podcast and I, I recommend it anybody read this book and Tyler, I don't even know if I've talked to you about it. It is a book by John Acuff called quitter. Um, you know, talking about still working your day job while like modeling your dream job. Um, you know, it's a really, it's a really fascinating book. And I, I remember just, I remember reading it one, just all of it on one vacation. Um, and man, it was just such a good book. And it really, honestly, I feel like it's one I should probably revisit because there were so many principles that I learned in that, that helped have helped me so much on this journey. I have not read that one, but I, I just wrote it down. It will probably be in my, my Amazon cart by the end yeah, of the night. I'll- I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm awful with books because like I, and I talked to Clay Connery about this one time about like, I'm like that little laser pointer, uh, the mouse or the cat with the laser pointer, like, you know, go to this one and go to that one. You know, like I never, I have a heart. I'm like my, my reading list is like forever long. And it seems like I never even finish books before I start a new one and gets too excited. But, uh, uh, that's I, I think that one is is a must read for anybody who's considering a small business. Yeah, that, yeah. There's there's been a bunch of books I've read. I've not read that one, but it'll go on my list for sure. I'm I'm the opposite though. Generally, once I get in a book, I want to stay in it until it's done. But the last like month and a half, I've I've been reading three books simultaneously. And I've not been reading any of them. Uh, good. Yeah, I know so that I, is. I was like, yep. okay, I got to stop this. So then I focused sure. on one and um, I knocked that one out. Uh, that was Wild at Heart, the new edition by John Eldridge. Okay. Um, super good book for mostly men, but even women would probably really appreciate that one just to kind of give them uh, just talks about how our brains work, how God kind of created a lot of men and how we function. Um, and then I've, I've got on a book series. I'm book three or four deep into a book series now that I was halfway through it and I'm reading like 30, 40 pages a night now and I can't put it down. It's my wife forced me to put it down last night. She's like, okay, it's time for you to, to put this book down. (laughs) Yeah. Roger, Roger. So, and I'm a, I'm a hard book guy. I don't, I've not gotten into the electronics, like the, the Kindles and I've not done many audio books, but I do have a trip planned this upcoming week. And so I've got three audio books downloaded already to hopefully pass some time on the road. I think for me, I think, um, as far as like content absorption, the best for me is definitely hard books. Like I, I, I get so much more out of hard books because like if I'm on a device, like especially on my phone, like it's too easy to just flip over to Facebook or, or Instagram or something. And then an audio book, I mean, I'm good for like about 30 minutes but then my mind wanders like, you know, and I'm like, they're in the middle of something and I'm like, what the hell are they talking yep. about? You know, like, so <laughs> I, I got to go back. I got to agree. You know, so it's just like, yeah, I mean, I, I see like, and I, I do love audiobooks um, because I spend so much time 
not sitting down reading. Uh, but like as far as content absorption, I, I really love hard books. I'm actually uh, right now I'm reading uh, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, um, oh, which is yeah. an incredible book. And it's a book that like, man, I am so like, I, I can't believe that that book was written like 70 years ago. Like it's, it's amazing because it seems like it could have been just written, uh, you know, 10 years ago or something. It's just, it's amazing. It's amazing how timeless that book is. It's so good. Yeah. I, C.S. Lewis is a great author. I've, 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 I'm kind of a read new reader. It's not that I just learned how to read <laughs> I like to tell people that sometimes I'm the same way. Um, I, you know, I've really only gotten I, to read to I about picked up reading just a few same three, four or five years ago. I decided to pick up a book and I was like, Hey, I, I got to start reading. And, um, you know, the, I think I read my goal, uh, is six books or I'm sorry, eight books this year okay. is okay. my goal. Two books a quarter. Awesome. Um, and I think I've got, I've got seven done right now. Nice. So, so I'm on pace and I don't know if I have enough days or time left to get uh, this one I'm working on right now done by the end of this month for my trip. But if I count audiobooks, I'll probably hit it, but I'm not sure. Audiobooks count. So. And I've, I've read studies and talked to friends and say, Hey, that, uh, the, the, it's, it's, you're actually, your brain is doing the same. Like it's no different. So yeah, that's kind of what I thought too. Because sometimes I kind of thought audiobooks were cheating, but uh, but no, research actually says the opposite. Well, that's good to hear. And the books I downloaded, I'm I'm super excited to read. I, I got uh, the Cameron Haynes book, yep. uh, Endure. Yep. Um, Can't hurt me. The David best Goggins book I've book. ever read. And then um, Stars and Stripes by Tim. Kennedy. Oh, okay, love so Tim all Kennedy. Three were on my yeah. list. So wanting to read, and I said, well. I'm uh, I'm going on uh, an elk trip by myself in the mountains of Colorado. Why wouldn't I want to read a, uh, a Cam Haynes book? Yeah. And then I'm going to have to tell myself that I can't quit. And so why not listen to David Goggins uh, curse at me the entire have you, time? Have you read uh, that book at all before? Uh, no, I've not. It's been on my it's been in my Amazon cart, but I've been working way working my way through my my reading my book list I have, and so they were going to be the next flight for probably first quarter of next year. And so I've just kind of said, Hey, I'm not going to carry paper books because I don't want to carry the weight, but I can take audio books and throw, uh, throw my, you know, AirPods or beats in and listen to them while I'm on the mountain at night or while. I'm well, driving. the audiobook of that book of can't hurt me is, is, is better than that's yeah, because there's like, that's why I decided I wanted to do that. Cause it's David and one other guy yeah. does it, does the narration. I think, um, it they all three look good. I think the can't hurt me one's like twelve yeah, hours long. Yeah, it's a it's excellent. I've uh, read it. Look, that'll get me from home. That'll get me home through Lincoln. I, I can get all the way to Lincoln on one yeah, book. <laughs> that's an excellent book, and it, I've read it or listened to it three times, and it it it's honestly it's it was a life changing book for me, and it's it, it's well, like good. anything like I feel like anything like over the last three years that I've done was because of that book. Like it, it, it just changed, totally really? changed my perspective on, on life. So, yeah. all right. Well, no. back into, <laughs> into the podcast here, uh, you know, we got it <laughs> off on a rabbit trail. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so how things at Southern Roots Ranch, what's going on? What's new there? Uh, what challenges have you experienced since the last time you and I had this chat? 
Yeah. So, um, challenges we've had is just time. Um, work is kind of gone. My, my full-time job is a lender, ag lender. We've gone through a little bit of an interest rate change right. in the last few months. Yeah. Everybody feels. Um, and so, um, I've been busy at work and then, um, just stuff at church. I mean, not bad stuff. Uh, junior high kicks off has been kicking off. We had July and August events and we start our normal Wednesday nights. And so, um, I help out in our youth group, our junior high youth group at church. And so that takes up some time, but, uh, it's just been balanced. How do we balance it? Um, so in historic years, I do a lot of strip grazing in the summer on stalker cattle and cows. And this year I decided not to, because although 10 minutes doesn't seem very long, um, that 10 minutes can turn into 30 minutes really quick Mm -hmm. for me. So I was, I've been really diligent to still move. I'm still rotating cows pretty diligently, but um, I'm not doing strip grazing this year and I'm curious to see how my land takes it by not doing that. So that can be a challenge for sure. Possibly next year. Um, stuff that's going on new. Um, we partnered with, um, some good friends of mine. They've got a, a growing herd. Um, and we're going to do, or we are doing some embryo transfer work for them. So we did some embryo implants, um, a little over a month and a half ago. And so we've, we set up just a, a handful of cows, but uh, we're going to do some embryo work. So we'll be able to tell pretty clearly if they're from my bull, or if they're right. Not. Cause they're just uh, the breeds are direct, dramatically right. different. Yeah. Um, so we'll be able to tell. And we just wanted, we wanted to try it because they're really good friends of mine and I want to help them if I can. And I want to get value for my cows too. So, um, by doing that, though, the only downside to it, which seems like a downside to a lot of people, but for me, it worked. It's probably working out better than I thought. We actually ended up changing our calving due dates because okay. of it. So, the protocol to get these cows set up, which is basically like a fixed time to AI mm-hmm, protocol, mm-hmm. are really similar for all those that are familiar with uh, artificial insemination or setting cows up that way. Um, and the timing of when the vet could come, it pushed my basically breeding dates back by like a whole month. Okay. Which I really don't like turning bulls loose in middle to late July because it's so hot. Um, And we can run into some fertility issues. But what I, this year, what happened is the last couple of years, I've been trying to take my, I call my spring calving herd and move them into uh, like late April into May to try to get out of some of our kind of, crappy, muddy, cold weather that we get in March here in Northwest Ohio. And then my fall calving cows were September calving. And I'm I'm usually gone the first couple of weeks of September with a new passion of mine, which is elk mm-hmm. hunting. And so I'm trying to move them out of that, that window so that that stress isn't there. And I did that pretty dramatic this year. I didn't know I did, but I just left the bulls with the cows and we were done calving our fall calving herd i got the air parentheses going for everybody else um we calved everything the first two weeks of July. oh wow so we really we really pushed these cows i didn't even try to it's not like we we tried to set them up we just left the bull with them and when they came back into heat hopefully the bull caught them and the bull yeah did i guess job. so so technically in 2023 all of our cows we will no longer have a spring and a fall calving group. We're going to have one summer calving mm. group that'll calve probably May through July. And I'm kind of excited for that. I've, 
I've thought about doing that for a couple of years, but I never wanted to push. I never wanted to drag cows out because I didn't, I'm an efficiency guy. So I want my cows to be efficient sure. in their cycles. Sure. Um, but I also didn't want to push them too hard to jam them forward without let their, just letting their bodies do it very naturally. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it just kind of worked out that way. So it's kind of a blessing in disguise. So the new for us is we probably won't be calving in uh frost. Oh, that's, cold, that's sleep great. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's, uh, that's probably the newest thing. We, our freezer beef business is still going good. Um, the economics of running feeder cattle and backgrounding cattle, um, is interesting. We actually shipped off a group of steers that were like 800, 835 averages last week. Um, they were all slated for freezer beef for tail end of this year, early 2023. And, uh, I got offered a really good price for them and I made the decision to sell them today mm. or sell them last week than to keep them for freezer beef. And, I've caught a little flack on that because people were kind of upset because I was like, hey, I'm sorry, I no longer have those cattle for kill. I could probably go out and buy them if I wanted to spend the money, but I, I don't. But it was it was an economic decision. Uh, I can either take my margin today or I can take about two-thirds of that margin in about five, six months. And so to me, time value money is a real yep. thing. So I pulled in the money yep. today. Um, and who knows what's going to happen? In six months time. Yeah. I mean, I could go out and rebuy, but I, you know what? I felt super good about it. And and these steers are going to a freezer beef grower. They raise freezer beef too. And so a lot of people, that's why I probably caught the most flack is you sold them. They could have been your customer's beef. Yeah. Now you're yeah. directly to your competitor. And I'm like, well, every aspect of my business has a different customer base. My cow calves, they have a customer base. My backgrounders, my stockers have customer bases and my freezer beef as a customer base, which is why we run two separate entities. We have a freezer beef business and then we have the mm-hmm. ranch and the ranch does all of the other mm-hmm. ones. And so, um, yeah, it's just been, uh, it's been weird. Um, we've, you and I've talked about this off air. Um, we've, we're, we're thinking about selling our cow herd in the next mm-hmm. year or two. And that comes with a lot of angst and a lot of stress. Sure. And a lot of sure. fear, but um, unfortunately, I'm an economics-minded guy, and the business has a tough time telling me the economics of that business decision has a tough time telling me it's not a good right. move. Right, um, it's just logistically working its way through that, and it's not. Luckily for us, we didn't go through a super hard drought that is causing us to liquidate. Uh, I'm super fortunate. Um, we had a really dry June, but since 4th of July, we've been getting rain almost every weekend since then. Um, and so I've been super blessed with, with forage, but it's just a business move. Uh, we saw this same market in 13 through 15. Right. Um, right. I wasn't in the cow business then. I actually bought on the, on the peak <laughs> yeah, side of that I was, market. and I got burnt. Um, I, bought, I, was <laughs> I got burnt yeah, hard. I was, I bought, I bought some of my cows then. And so I'm not that I'm trying to win it's just a business move and um yeah i don't know but you and i've talked about this and it's it's a weird place to have my head yep but uh it's also good i've got options i got options and opportunities and i don't think looking at those is a yeah. bad thing and i don't think that's for anybody if somebody says hey i don't care what the market says i'm sticking it out dude i'm i'm with you i'm here to support you um 
But if I decide to sell my cows because the market says the price for replacement cows is really good, um, I'm selling my cows because the replacement value of my cows is really yeah. good. Well, I mean, that's it's a, it's a business move. Like, I mean, and that's what, when it all comes down to it, like there's a lot of emotion in this business. I mean, yeah. I, I would I would venture to guess there's probably more emotion involved in farming and ranching, especially ranching because of the live animal aspect of it. Um, I think there's a I think there's a lot more emotion involved than in a typical industry. Um, but but you have to remember it is a business, you know, mm-hmm. and you have to make. The business is to serve. The business's objective is to serve your family, serve its shareholders, and serve its community. And sometimes, liquidating is what is the best to serve all of those three people. Um, and and when I when I mention liquidation, I I don't mean that as a permanent term necessarily. Some people might, but I don't um, because I uh, you know 2014 I was in the cow business and I made some plans that did not come to fruition. I was way too slow on my marketing of my uh, bred cattle, and it just it bit me hard. Um, and it's caused me a lot of stress, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of pain too. And honestly, the pain and stress that came from that time, uh, is probably one of the big reasons I even started the Ag State of Mind podcast, because I mean, that was a big, big, big stressor was that time in my life. Um, and I, you know, I have an opportunity to take the lessons that I learned from that time. And mm-hmm. apply them and say, hey, it's going to be better this time around. Because I think we're, we're seeing things that are very similar to what happened in 20, really 2013 through 2015. You know, there's an old rule and I, I used to scoff and laugh at it that, you know, the cattle market is it's always it's the rule of years of four. That's the best years. And I remember somebody told me that in 2004. It was really good. And I'm like whatever like and then 14 years later we had 2014 and we all know what 2014 was that was 1500 dollars calves that was you know you're selling coal cows for 12 1300 dollars you know it's ridiculous i mean ridiculous um but it was it was almost half of that come you know 18 months later uh, so yeah. it was as big as the boom was, the bust was even bigger. And, uh, you know, I, I have the opportunity to learn. And we were talking, you and I were talking today, uh, the last couple of days about timing of marketing and what that's going to look like in trying to time things, not necessarily perfectly, but to where it will serve us the best. Yeah. Yeah, I think you and I talked like I'm not after the peak. I'm after the one standard deviation on either sure. side of it. Because that's that's where, you know, 80%, 70% of we're going to mm-hmm. be, that's where I'd like to be. And I mean, I might be running a little late. I'll probably be behind the eight ball because I did this embryo work, which I don't regret one mm-hmm. bit. I've, I've learned a lot about the industry through this process. Um 
but it just delays it because I got to get these calves on the ground and I got to get these calves weaned. So it, it kind of locks those cows up. Um, I'm pretty sure the, the friend that I did the embryo work instead of me saying, Hey, instead of you renting my cows uteruses for embryo work, you can buy these cows for the year. And then if you don't like them, you can probably cut them loose for the same money and have the calf for free. And I'm sure they would do it, but you know, that's not on them. They didn't, I didn't know I was even thinking about this when I did, when I told them I do the real work. So, and, and I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm not necessarily after the quick change anyways. I generally have a paralysis of analysis anyway. Uh Um, But yeah, I think it's just, the market has an opportunity for us. Um, There were lessons that were taught. Some tuition was paid in that 13 through 15 time window. And it is eerily looking similar to that on a, a market trend. I mean, like the calves I sold, I, I've never sold a, a 800 pound steer for yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I priced out some five weights to kind of replace them for our freezer beef for next year. And um, I remember that because in 2014, I sold five weight calves for that same mm-hmm. money. And I was like, oh, I sold calves for that. I'm not, I don't think I want to buy them back for right. that. Uh, and so it does, it's going to create, uh, some opportunities, but it's going to create some tuition. Tuition is going to get paid. Yeah. Those lessons get learned both sides, yeah. right? People, yeah. The people that learn are going to learn the positives and the negatives. Yeah. And there, there's, there's going to be people who get into bad situations because of this. Unfortunately, my goal is to, ha- to tell the story of someone who did get burned by it and, but also say, hey, I'm still here to talk about it. And I'm still here to capitalize on the next cycle and not do such uh, foolish things. Um, I shouldn't say foolish things, misguided things, I think is probably the more well, appropriate. And I think our perspective um, is, I think, is, is important to make sure, like, you and I both have careers outside of mm-hmm. agriculture, hence the name Ranching Side mm-hmm. Hustle. Not that that affords us the opportunity to take advantage of markets any different than somebody that maybe does it full time, but it maybe gives us a little better feeling of it doesn't mean it's a permanent decision because um, there, there's a floor outside of our cows right. that is right. there. Um, I'm not saying that as an excuse for anybody or I, I just... I want to make sure that that perspective is, I, I know I'm fortunate to have a, a full-time job outside mm-hmm. ag that I don't rely on my cows to put food. Well, it's, a, it's not the sole thing. My cows do put food on my table technically, sure. but um, in reality, their income, the income my cattle generate does not put food on my right. Table. Right. And so I know that there is, um, it is, it is a perspective that, I think just at least we need to make sure that we know again. I think the name of the podcast or the segment of Ranching's High Hustle kind of does that. But again, it's a side hustle. I know I've got friends that um, actually one of my really good friends, he makes pins. You guys can't see him, but he makes pins and it's a side hustle. He can do, you know, 10 to 20 of them a week. He can make pretty good money doing it. It's a side hustle. If he has the opportunity to sell, I bought seven of them from the other day for my small group or six of them for my small mm-hmm. group men. Um, he made pretty good money in like three days. I, I'm not opposed to him doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I think, um, I think sometimes I'm pretty hard on myself for being a part-timer. 
Um, and this podcast, this segment has really allowed me to kind of live into that space of this is a side hustle and side hustles, uh, in my mind should be uh, economic driver as well. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And a, uh, it, the thing for me, the thing that's the calf market in the last 10 years has never really like been much of a problem with me. I've always been able to do decent on my calves or at least feel like that. What's been the biggest issue for me is, um, is cold cattle. And I think that's going to be, that's where the difference is now coming up, I believe, is is being able to aggressively market cold cattle, where I've, I just felt a little bit handcuffed by that over the last, really over the last five years or so, uh, where cold cattle are not matching up with the, with the calf market like they should. And that, I think that was the big thing in 2014 that, uh, it was so nice was was selling those dollar dollar twenty cold cows and then you turn around and there was there were a lot of times i sold some really 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 good cold cows for 50 cents you, you know yep. so like um i think that's going to be one of the biggest opportunities for folks is is to um you know, one of one of Bert Teichert's uh, main principles he talks about is having a high high cow inventory turnover. You know, getting rid of those inefficient cows, get rid of the ones that don't pay the bills, and this is going to be a really good opportunity to 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 cull pretty deeply. I would say I'm speaking from my cow herd, which is like 20 cows deep. Mm-hmm. It's really, really hard to want to do that. It is. Oh, it is. I mean, I don't mean it. it again, I, I think we kind of mentioned this. It's it's easy to look at like the four sixes or look at some of these huge historic ranches out west that they're running thousands, you know, hundreds to thousands of cows. If they have to call a hundred, they call a hundred cows. They have a herd that they have plenty of replacement heifers or the capacity to absorb mm-hmm. more. If I would. If I have to call 5% of my cows, that number, number one, can't work because 5% ain't enough. Right. It'd be one cow, but one cow gone is a big deal to me. Like if I had to call three or four cows in one year based on mastitis or they lost their calf or they didn't breed up, that's a huge impact from a percent of yeah. like my, my cow turnover would be really high from a percentage standpoint, but economically it's a big, a big ask. So I've been very um Same. hesitant yep. i have been hesitant to call cows like i have a cow the very first cow i bought um i bought i bought her in 2015 when that cow market was kind of rolling hard because we were the market was still short calves so cow prices mm-hmm. were elevated because everybody wanted to get back in the cow market and so i bought a couple cows that was when i started the ranch here at the house um i still have her but she's missed two calving windows and i've kept her because i just it's that it goes back to that like, emotion, well, right? If I get rid of her, like it's one, it's yeah, it's super hard. It's super emotional. Um, and golly, man, she's the biggest cow I own. She's the least efficient because she's the biggest cow I own. And you know, I I preach, hey, I'm an economics efficiency guy, but that one stinking cow, I can't find a way to get rid of her yet. And now, luckily, the last year and a half, the last two calves she's had, she's had them right in the window. Uh-huh. 
And so I'm like, oh, you know what? See? Look, it proved out just right. You know, she worked out for me. But yeah, it's hard with a small cow herd. And I think um, the folks I've talked to that have small cow herds, that's a, finding value for those animals is a struggle. I think you mm-hmm. and I talked about this maybe on the first podcast we did or before it on what we do with call animals. And what I've always done is uh, they're a market. It's a market tool for me. We do have a sale barn that we could take them to. Um, but generally speaking, I've used them as ground beef because my freezer beef business, the first product I run out of yeah, is ground yeah, beef. Because it's so easy to use. Way yeah. it is. Yep. And so, and then we also use it, we use it for community mm-hmm. good, right? Like we have a school take home program at a local school that they hand out, you know, 50, 60 meals a week. And they try to get a good solid animal protein in there every time. And so we donate some beef to them and those animals, although it doesn't put money in my pocket, it, there is some tax advantage. To sure. That. But also some um, altruistic value too. Yeah. Like morally we feel mm-hmm. good and we want to make sure that these people get good quality protein. Not that the beef you buy at Walmart isn't good quality because it's USDA certified. But at the same time, it came um, from the community. And I think there's value yes. in that. Yeah, I do too. And so this market is unique. I think, yeah, like what you said, in 18 months, you went from a $1.20 a pound call calories to 50 mm-hmm. cents. Yeah. In 18, 24 months. And that's super tight window when we look at a cow's, like really any beef, the beef cycle itself is just, it's a slow turn. It is because it's just, it takes a long time in gestation and to wean them and to get them on the feed and put them through the feedlot. And, um, that, that window is kind of actually small, even though it looks pretty long. Yeah, I know. And it, it, it take, yeah, I mean, it, it really is. And I think that's why, you know, you need to be really mindful of these opportunities that I've, and it's not just me and you that feel like this is coming. I think this, this is, nope. I mean, it's all the signs are pointing toward um, being very bullish on this cattle market coming up in the next six months or so. Yeah. 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 I think, like I said, I think I shared this with you earlier today. I just feel like I'll probably be a little late to the game, which might dictate my decision-making a little just based on this, the management decisions I've Mm -hmm. made. And I'm okay with that. Like, Hey, I take full ownership, full ownership of those decisions. And, um, but I also think that we got to be flexible, right? We got to be able to pivot. Um, and I think selling cows, like if I sold all my cows next year, that doesn't mean I'll never be back in the cow business. Of course. And it, it doesn't mean that I'm out of, you know, ranching my ranching side hustle completely. It just means that I'm looking at that as an opportunity and I'm going to pivot. Um, a lot of businesses do this. Uh, like every actually business should do this. Like if the hardware store has a product on the shelf that hasn't sold because nobody buys it, guess what they're going to stop putting mm-hmm. on that shelf? That product. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I, I think, I think it's just kind of part of a business that runs is uh, is having that and you know what i'm totally cool with somebody says well tyler i'm not into this for i want it to make money but i want to own cows because i want to own cows freaking go after it sure yeah 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 absolutely yeah time like i got i got no shame on that game whatsoever and my way is not the only way for definitely sure um but no i I i'm looking at this decision it's 
it's more than just owning cows. It's, um, it's perspective of what am I after? What are my goals in the decision? What's my purpose? And there's a lot of economics that are in play, but it's also, if I get rid of my cows, it, it gives me a little less um, financial stress, right? I don't have to worry about sure. or buying hay for those sure. cows. Um, the upkeep on facilities from cows, I don't have to worry about. It gives me time. I don't have to worry about as many chores. Right. So I have time for my family and for other passions of mine. Um, there's just a lot of other purposes that somebody might go through this. And, and I don't think, I mean, shoot, just mental stress, like what you talked about. I mean, I can't, I can tell you I've, I've sat in as, as a lender, I've sat on, around kitchen tables in between the years of 20, I'm going to, I'm going to say 2012 through 2015, because that should encompass the rise of the grain market through the drought there. Mm-hmm. And also the fall of the grain market and the rise of the cattle and fall of mm-hmm. the cattle all in the same three, four year window. And I've sat around a lot of tables where uh, there's a lot of family stress. Sure. Oh because, my gosh. Yeah. Because of that. And what I hope is I can learn from that and uh, hopefully not apply that to my own family. I don't want that stress on my family. They don't, I don't deserve that sure. and neither mm-hmm. do they. And so if I can make a decision for a short window to, eliminate some stress and clear ahead and move in, then I'm cool with that. Like totally, totally cool with that. If you can handle stress differently than I do and you can manage that way better or you, it doesn't stress you out again, that's, that's awesome. Like I need to learn how to do that a little bit better. Um, but yeah, it's a very interesting paradigm that I'm in with, cause I'm a first generation guy. So I think a lot of my thoughts have been, if I sell my cows, I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've struggled with that thought process. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I thought about you the other day when I was, we kind of mentioned this and I, I have the stress of being first generation of this failure, but you have multiple, multiple generations mm-hmm. that if you sell cows, it feels like you're failing all of those generations. And I feel like I'm failing my family that sacrificed so much in the future, my future generations. But then again, just put it on the perspective. It doesn't mean for right, right. It, it doesn't, doesn't mean forever. And it's not like we might not even like you might not call all your cows. I probably won't. You might call yeah. the worst, the worst half or the worst third you're going to call. Mm-hmm. And that probably needed to be exactly. done. Exactly. It should have been done anyway. Yeah. Right? yeah. So it, it, it's more so forcing our hand. But yeah, I, I think for our listeners, um, these decisions that we make as business owners and as, um, family members, it can be multiple things going to that decision. Yeah. It doesn't just have to be one thing. And generally in, in my experience, it's never been just one thing. I've never gone into that decision saying, well, the only reason I'm doing this is because of X. Mm-hmm. There's always uh, some other intrinsic value that trails with that, whether that be a stress reliever, uh, more time, less time. Like there's always something that is added yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and this is something, you know, and you and I, we both, we talked about this. We lean, you know, we, we, uh, we find a lot of comfort in, in involving our wives in this same, in this same, uh, in this, in this, uh, these enterprises. And I I think it's a, a very important thing to, to say here in, in these kind of marketing decisions is to never, make decisions based on scarcity. Um, you know, mm-hmm. try to look at, you know, don't look at like, 
as like linear relationships, you know, uh, you know, if this is going to happen, then this is going to happen. And then I'm going to feel this way. Generally that will never work out. Like you have to be, you, you have to, you have to dictate how you feel already and then make decisions based on abundance, based on like, you don't need to, you don't, what I, I guess the e- easiest way of what I'm trying to say is, you know, you don't want to base your happiness on results. Um, because then you put that, you put the, you put the ball, yeah. ball in somebody else's court. Um, you know, you have to be happy and you have to be abundant. You have to feel good about the decisions that you make no matter what. Um, and not base your worth, base your happiness on the results of those decisions. You know, it, 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 you're, you're kind of turning it around a little bit. Yeah, I am. Uh, I didn't anticipate this feeling um, that struck a big chord with me. And this has nothing to do with cows. Um, this is part of us having side hustles, I guess. So my full time job, I said I'm an ag lender. I applied for a job, a different job, um, earlier this summer, I guess April-ish, April timeframe. Interviewed, I freaking knocked it out of the park. I I thought it went great. And I didn't get that mm. job. And I did exactly what you just said. I put my value as a person. And if I got that job or not. And it took me down a really dark hole of depression and aloneness and scarcity mm-hmm. for about two mm-hmm. weeks. And um, I think the people closest to me probably saw it. I mean, obviously my wife saw it um, and my wife, my wife, um, I think you and I talked about this today, actually, is I feel like my wife and a lot of wives I know, um, they have this intuition and they've got this connection with, you know, the Holy Spirit that just kind of gives them some intellect that I can't connect on. Like my wires just don't ever make that connection. Um, And she just asked me the question, are you happy? She wasn't speaking about in our marriage. Uh, I think she knew that answer. She just meant in life, like, are you happy? And really what she was getting at was, um, is your heart happy? Like, do you know where your worth is? It's not in this job. It's not in that Mm -hmm. job. Um, And I got to a point to finally got myself out of kind of that that deep, dark place. Um, And now I am happy. I choose to be happy. Like, I want to have fun. I, my junior high boys can attest to this now. I used to be the very... I don't want to say drill sergeant, but here's the line. We're going to toe the line and this is what we're going to do. And here is our agenda for the day. And we're going to follow that agenda. And when we're done with the agenda, we're done for the day. That was last year, this year. It's like, you know what? These are seventh grade boys Mm -hmm. now. And so if anybody knows seventh graders, they know seventh graders. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And now, you know what? Guess what? If things aren't going to the agenda, it's okay. We're going to go have fun. You know what? Hey, you guys are too scatterbrained for us to do a lesson tonight. Let's go to the gym and let's go play Foursquare sure. or um, Knockout. Yeah. Like, we're going to go have fun. Let's go have fun. That's what we need. And uh, last year, I would have never done that. Definitely not. In early June, I would have never done that. Um, I was too angry of a person. But 
to speak to your point, it, it is it is our decision um, to decide kind of our happiness. Um, and, and it's our decision to kind of really put into perspective where our worth is at. Everybody, it's going to be a little bit different. Um, for me, it's, it is in my faith of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Like that is my value. Mm-hmm. That is, that is a hill I'm willing to die on. Um, and I know what value he gave me. God gave me the value of his son because he gave his son to die for me. That's pretty big value. <laughs> um, the designer of all the creation designed me for a purpose, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily for that job. Mm-hmm. And I, and it took me some time to get used to that, but it's been really good. So I, I would just, I would tell people that if you are struggling with the identity of whether that be a career or a side hustle or a passion, um, not that it's wrong to have identity of those things. They can be part of you, but don't let them create this thing that if something doesn't happen because of right. it, that it ruins, it ruins everything. It, it did for two weeks. I was in that space for two whole weeks. And that is, I, it made me feel really hard for people. I know that have been in that battle for months or years. I was, that was bad. That was really bad. Like super scary looking back on it. I'm so thankful that I had friends, um, and a spouse and a wife that, um, gave me the time to get out of it and also to, um, kind of work through that. And I still am like, I can look back on it and I make different decisions today because of that, Mm -hmm. that experience. What it boils down to is like, you have to figure out what really, really matters, really matters. And I know that's like kind of a cliche thing to say, but it's real. It's so true. It's like really what matters. And I've, I've had my own battles with things in the last couple of months. Um, just, uh, regarding career and, and, and stuff. And, and, you know, and I, 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 and I'll be frank, I'll be honest. I, I see a, I see a counselor, a a, a Christian based counselor and, you know, and like, he really helped me put it into perspective that like, let's say everything went away, you know, like let's, you know, job wise or whatever. And like, you know, you've got a happy family, you got a healthy marriage, you got healthy kids, um, you know, you're stable at home. Like, you know, you've, that's the stuff that matters. And you can, you can fill in the other parts, like uh, job wise, you can, you can fill that in. I mean, you may not make as much money and you know, you might have to, it may not be. And that's why I said, I, I, I told, we realized like worst case scenario is an inconvenience. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah, that's so yeah. true. You know, so like whenever you, know. whenever I saw it in that perspective, I'm like, yeah, man, like that does not like the stuff I'm worrying about doesn't even matter in the long run. And I think that's that's a really like important thing to like for people to realize, no matter you know what they're doing, because you know we're talking about people listening to this podcast, they're they're probably got a lot of irons in the fire, um, but like yep. what really matters is like is the people that you, you you spend your time with and you know for you and I it's our, our relationship with our creator and you know yep. that's those are the stuff that's the stuff that matters the stuff that lasts you know focus on the stuff that lasts you know I mean there's yeah we I mean we had that conversation tonight so before you and I jumped on here which I was running late with 
So thank you for patiently waiting for me. Um, I got them in small group. We're going through um, kind of a, a, a study of sorts. And we actually never, we actually didn't even get make it to the study tonight. We just, we just kind of talked about what was challenging to us. And every single one of us was, uh, it, I guess you could boil it down to saying like our priorities, like in what really matters. We all are kind of searching for that. And I think that's something that's a constant moving target to a certain extent because um, it can change based on the season right. you're in. Um, there's probably going to be a few that stay put forever um, or are pretty solid in the top two things, but there's going to be um, several that kind of float just based on the season you're in. And I think this summer in particular has been that way for me. It has allowed me to really, really see what do I find value in and, and where do I feel God's adding, using me to add value in others? Um, whether that be at junior high or somewhere else, I, I just, I'm very faith-based. I just, I, I think um, there's not a coincidence in this. The challenges I dealt with in June um, allowed me to step into a space with this small group I'm in in July and really offer some encouragement to a man that was going through something very similar. So when we see these trials of seasons we deal with, um, I, I take some, I take a lot of pride in the fact that there's hope at the end of that tunnel, because there's, there mm -hmm. is like, we were made a promise and that promise is that he will get us through it if we rely on him. And, and he yeah. does, he, he does every time. Every, the downside is we need hindsight to see it always. Right. Um, yep. But but the seasons are, are definitely uh, hard, but there is always fruit at the end of right. that tree. Yeah, tree. absolutely. Yeah. And that's totally nothing to do with that. <laughs> you know what? That's okay. But, that's I where mean, we that go. Is, that is the side hustle, yeah. right? Like no, that is I mean, how this thing works. Is exactly. We have, and you said it, all of us, everybody listening to this podcast has irons in mm -hmm. the fire. Your irons might look different than mine, looks different sure. than Jason's. Um, Jason and I's irons look mm -hmm. different. Um there might be some that are similar, but there's going to be yeah. some differences. Well, you're at a different stage with your and kids too than I am. Job. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, that's totally it, true. Yeah, I've got two going into school, and you've got, got one, one going getting ready get to get out, out. You know, get so out. like it's it's just you know. But I think the lesson, I think the overall our overarching lessons are are are, are similar, and you know. Yeah. spend time and you know we're really getting hit in the face with that this year with levi uh this being his last year at home like you know we were on vacation a couple of weeks ago and uh we realized like it's probably our last vacation as a family of six you know and that's like that was really like hard to like to stomach um you know because you think like you think that you know when these kids are young super young you know that it's just going to take forever for them to get to high school and do the things. And, and now he's at Levi's a senior and like, you know, he's everything this year is the last time, you know, and man, it, it really, it really creeps up on you. And like, I used to think people were just like, whatever, you know, like that. I mean, yeah, you say that you just say that, that it, it, it come, goes fast. No, it for real goes fast. Like there is like, I, it is so easy to take the time for granted. Um, you know, and that's this year is I'm doing my darndest to live slow. 
uh, try and live oh, slow. There you go. You know, that's, that's hard for me. It's hard for me to live slow. Yeah. Um, yeah, me too. I'm, I'm a, I'm a doer. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a yeah, me too. By trade. Yeah. So, I mean, get it. So honest. it's just yeah. the way it is, but you know, I, uh, it's i think it's a good lesson for everybody is you know that's a big takeaway and it's a good i think a good spot to end this here tonight is just like is to you know focus on what matters you know live with some vision but also don't let your vision get so cloud your present so much because the present is really you know that here and now is is what you that's what you have control over yeah yeah and you know Make sure I've, I've found this out. I have to have fun. Mm, yeah. I, was, I was super serious and, and not that I couldn't laugh and smile and ha- and make jokes, but I, I deem to say I am, I'm having more fun and I'm a happier person the last since mid to late June than I've been in a very, very, yeah. if not since like kid jovial yeah. type fun, like, I am having an absolute, awesome. not that life is super easy. I think there's a difference between having fun and life is easy. No, like, I'm having. And fun. I think that's like, an important distinction to make. Like in that life can be difficult, but you can still enjoy yourself. Yeah. Like the, yeah. I mean, shoot, I leave on Sunday, this upcoming Sunday, like four days away, three days away. I leave for two weeks. Yeah. Um, and so I've got a job that I got to get stuff ready for me to leave for two weeks. I got, a cow herd that I gotta get stuff ready for me to leave for two weeks. I have a house, a wife, kids that I have to have ready for me to leave for two weeks. Like I've got plenty of stuff going on, but yeah, man, I, I don't know if I've laughed so hard at then, you know, the, the time that my men's small group, we were together eating a meal together. Like, I don't know if I've laughed that hard in a long man, time. Good. Right. Like all of these things happen, but yet you can still live in the present and choose our right. choice is to, uh, is to enjoy that time in that right. presence. Right. Well, Tyler, buddy, uh, my family's getting ready to pull in from church. So, uh, I gotta be ready, like I said, to be present with them. So I appreciate you being here with me tonight and, uh, we'll do it again next month. Like we got to hold ourselves to it. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll get, we'll get back on a good schedule, everybody. Sorry. Summer break. Yep. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right. All right. See you, man. Yeah, man. Adios. All right, buddy. That was great. For more than three decades, U.S. farmers, largely organic, have increased yield with the help of SP1 Classic. As fertilizer costs soar and supply chain challenges loom, DPH Biologicals is expanding access to this trusted biofertilizer to the conventional acre. With TerraTrove SP1 Classic, the complete biofertilizer, growers can replace up to 50% of starter fertilizer. Visit dphbio.com to reclaim soil fertility. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.